Welcome back to Black Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're back to discuss bodies, episode six. Yeah, because we have two more before the finale. The World is Yours, written by Donusia Samal and Paul Tomlin, directed by Halu Wong. I thought this was a good episode as a uh, accumulation of events that lead to the beginning and end which is essentially the time loop that is the birth of Julian Harker but the demise of Elias Mannix and I like the way it all unfolded I'm curious now what these last two episodes are going to bring in regards to how do we change what is already what he himself said is history. So some of the storylines were a lot more palpable than others, particularly the one in the future, because we were having it shot within or having an intercut within differently paced type of story lines so the tension there was a little lost and so that storyline struggled the most for me but the other three I think all had very strong climactic moments before we jump into the recap wherever listen to this podcast wherever good podcasts could be found Go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, and subscribe. And if you want to send feedback, blackercouch at gmail.com. So since I didn't like the story arc in the future, I thought I would start with that one. Because essentially, and I didn't write any notes, Maplewood is standing next to Mannix. They eventually find Defoe and Hassan. While he doesn't have much to say to Defoe other than, you know how you're going to die. And the fact that he keeps taunting that in front of him with someone who knew so very frequently, but felt such a deep connection to. But I think that is the theme within all of these arcs is throughout time having that one person or persons that you love and care about and willing to make sacrifices to have in your life, even if that comes at your own life ending at that person's hand. But I I am jumping ahead of myself. <laughs> when Elias speaks to Hassan, it's almost with a regret and fondness because he says, you know, you are the mother of this world. I still think about the mo the way in which you held me that day. You genuinely cared about me more than anyone else in my life. And I love you for that. And because of that, I was able to build a world in which I myself will feel loved and it got me to this point 
where I am now going to time travel and earn my reward, which is being loved in return. So it's this rebounded effect. But in her mind, she wished she just had him killed because in exchange for caring about him, she lost her own son. Even though I kind of want to put it on the fucking Baba. When someone calls you and says there's a fucking emergency, get out of London. Don't fucking talk about you know how I drive. Or don't act like it's not a fucking SOS. Load the fuck up. That don't make no sense. I, I thought he was let off a little easily, even though we thought at the time we saved the day. Like, no, 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 just keep driving, just to be sure. <laughs> At least until they tell us that they've, they've, uh, what's the word that they use? Disarm the bomb. Then, then he can be brought back into town. Otherwise, keep going. Keep fucking going until I say stop. Oh, that frustrated the hell out of me when he was on the phone. He just staring over at the sun. Just, ooh. What do you mean? Ain't nobody got time for that. It's a good thing you died. I would have killed you myself. Back to the future story arc. Hassan tries to... Tries to stop what's about to happen because Defoe is forced into taking the the block that he had on the throat. Hassan says, well, ask him before she started shooting that he's the one that killed a hundred million people or something to that effect. It's a shit ton of people. It's not the world. And it feels as if he just made a new world order in the populous state of London and Britain. (laughs) And I'm not even sure how I feel about the stability of said world. So yeah, he's created a pocket dimension, so to speak, in which he has achieved his own goals and now everyone else's players in this, in this continuous cycle where some people get to live some really happy lives in exchange for him meeting the love of his life, which is going to get so that he can finally know what it feels like to be loved. That's some traumatic shit. But then again, he looked like a traumatic child. And he talked about killing himself or killing an infant as a child, knowing that it was himself. Yeah, no, he this this all tracks. This all tracks. Uh, Hassan's able to shoot him in the leg, which is why he got that limp, why he got that pimp daddy cane. However, he's able to shoot her in the stomach. The one guy's about to kill her. And he tells his guy to stop. Like, you're the mother of this world and I'm its father. When will you learn you can't change anything? And I don't think he wants to, ki- he wanted to kill her in that moment. But he's like, look, I love you, but it, it's, it's going to happen. I'm the son that you didn't realize, even though they, they made it the mother father thing. That was weird because it did feel like he wanted to be the son that she already had. 
So I would think it'd be mother, son, but sure, mother, father, ancestral relations seems to be trending in several states currently. What was he talking about? Oh, the fact that Mannix gets through the throat. However, Defoe tries to chase him. And because he was able to give Maplewood one last pep talk, (laughs) Elias, about how some people gain things in this world, like, I don't know, they life, that maybe they need to protect this timeline. So she reluctantly shoots him. And did we need to get that close up of the fucking eye? He did. Yep, yep. Amen. I know. He did. For sure. Amen. Amen. I didn't know we were doing dread type of body, body dead shots, but <laughs> he says, catch me if you can. You already did. And that's, that's tragic. That when she meets him and he dies, it's after she kills him. So these are some tragic love stories that are unfolding. (laughs) Uh, And at the end, everyone's just taking the bodies away. And she is made commander of the entire world, of this new world. So in exchange, because she's someone who would actually care for people, he passes on the torch in exchange for her protecting this world literally by giving up the person she loved for it or she could have had more with because of it that's crazy but at the end of it all he wakes up naked in an alley in the very same long harvest alley with the tattoos and i think the numbers now are just the times that they've done the loop is my guess wow so yeah that's how we we ended that particular story arc let's go to healing head because it was all about alfred confronting confronting his own sense of sense of self sense of moral He goes to Ash and the way his face was looking when he opened the door. You better man the fuck up talking about, um, so you know how you had an alibi I just convinced them that you don't have an alibi and I have it signed and I forced him to sign it because you're going down for the murder and long harvest because they forced me to set you up. And because my balls have not dropped the way yours have, my love, I have to protect Polly as well as his wife and I get that part of it but that's not the only part of it right because he could have profited from this as well and it feels as if the people that Elias is 
targeting to be a part of his plan or that are going to be the fallout of his plan, he's offering them the the choice of joining him or suffering the consequence of what was necessary in order to achieve his own happiness. So when he's called out by Ash, rightfully so, of being the biggest fucking coward, (laughs) he ends up kissing him, Alfred that is, and tells him that I can't live with your blood on my hands. I can't live with you getting killed. You know, I'm here to tell you to run. You should not be stubborn. And that you have a light and a strength that I simply don't have. And he asks him to come with him. And he tells him, I can't because I still have things I have to do. And I think they should have left it with his hand on his heart. The scene afterwards where he went after him and hugged him in the back, I didn't need that. That was when the scene went on too long and it overstated what you already eloquently did. So I was mad at that because it was a really great scene until that moment. (laughs) Because he called him out on being a pussy. Because if you really are convicted to your morals, then you have to stick yourself to him. It's kind of what Elias was throwing out to him. Right? And while, sure, he has his reasons, that's no reason why he should have to sign a false confession to make sure that the person who's stronger than him and that he's fallen in love with doesn't die. Even if that means that his family is no longer going to have him. So that's what he does. He he puts the... He puts the letter on his boss's desk. His boss says the case is closed. He had made the confession before going home. And he tells Polly to stop playing the piano. Polly looked like she already knew. Like she knew some of the things that were about to unfold, if not every single last detail. And I will say I like the maturity of the way in which it was handled. Because it was very clear that the wife, I'm sorry, I keep forgetting her name every time, (laughs) But, but she had an inclination, like she knew something. Uh, and that's why he even said, Ash, your wife stares daggers at me because in her mind, you're a competition for her husband. And she's upset by it. She tries to get Polly to leave, but (laughs) Polly's her own woman. And they go and discuss it in the other room. But Polly listens at the door. And she, like, you can tell that she knows it's difficult for him. She knows that it's the journalist. She says, I knew the minute he stepped into this house. The look on your face said it all. I want you to take me home. I'm falling 
love me long, I'm rolling, losing control, body and soul, mind to for sure, I'm already. Then she asks, has it always been this way? And he admits that it has. He doesn't try to lie to her. He tr he tells her, I tried to, I tried to be everything you wanted to be and how she comforted him at that moment, even though she had every right to be upset because she knows he's a good husband. He's a good man. And that he, that was an honest statement, but I'm not going to hate you for who you are. But she also wants to know if what they had was real. And he says, never doubt that my love for you and my love for Polly is absolutely undefiable. And that's when the Popo show up and he, uh, he didn't have time to tell him that he signed a false confession and he's arrested for the murder, even though Polly knows that he's innocent. I love the way she looked at his face and said, I know when you're lying, you're lying, but he refuses to allow Ash because Ash refuses to flee to, uh, to go down for the murder. So that's where we leave that particular story arc with, uh, kind of the, the head of police going, like, I knew you were going to make this choice and you're stupid to have made such a choice. <laughs> so I was like, I'm so disappointed you're so ignorant. Now we move to the Hassan storyline because I got to save my boy, Whiteman, for the end. Because <laughs> he, he, uh, he definitely had one agenda. I'm the man up in this piece. You'll never see the light of day. Who the fuck you think you fucking with? I'm the police. I run shit here. You just live here. Go and walk away because I'm going to burn this motherfucker down. King Kong ain't got shit on me. Hassan goes to the terrorist unit. I guess it's called SO15. Talks to two detectives. One of them is... Bothroyd, she's the female, about the bomb threat. She puts out all the evidence. Okay, yeah, I know it sounds a little weird that someone would record this in 1941, but I'm telling you, my boss just took out this kid that is his son and has been missing since then. And while that does get her attention, She's like, well, I mean, come on. Someone would have to hide this bomb underneath below. Like that's an impossibility in London of all places. And not only that, because uh, they were talking about the lead shielding, that, um, that it also, something to the, wait, how would they have con uh, obtained it? And I now know how they could obtain it because it's a World War II bomb. <laughs> and since they were just bombing all over the place and some were duds, you could probably find one. That's kind of brilliant to finally explain the 1941 story arc. But it also is the final 
the final push to achieve what needed to be achieved at the right moment, but at the final moment for them not to truly enjoy that victory. I don't know. But let's get back to Hassan. (laughs) Thinking too much about it. So she says the Harker Bank, they have vaults there. They go to the bank and she has this key that was given to her by by the, I forgot, the, the foster father's name. And when they get there, they're like, this is one of our older vaults. Holy shit, what? This vault has been in your name since 1941. Say what? They go down to the oldest part of the building. Uh, There's electrical problems down here. Now we know why. As she opens the door. And the phone rings. Don't answer that. I have no choice. They're not done with me yet. Answers the phone. The lights come on and ta-da! It's a nuclear bomb! It's about to go down. Barbara says, what I loved about you the most is how you're in the thick of things. How you don't hesitate to put yourself in the eye of the storm. And how important you are to everything and how I should thank you. And I think he knows how he's going to die, so... What was his, I think his, his, um, cause he said love. And I don't think he was like, oh no, I love that about, I think he really did have a thing. And that was what he was willing to exchange for. I, cause there feels like there has to be an exchange of, if it's not profit, cause being chief of police, I suppose. But if you're someone like Hayden, you know, how much did you really gain in exchange for, the cause but i guess in his mind hayden it's his actual life so so he tells her where she needs to go bothroyd's like look i was a bitch earlier and that's on me but i believe you now and now i'm not leaving your side and that's fair that's very fair she gets another call from barber saying that elias is fine once again telling her where to go to go to this boat and she gets there and he tells her you better be alone then barbara has a moment alone with elias where he tells him look it's the first time that we've ever really had a chance to be together i did what i had to do so that you would have the necessary trauma (laughs) which is pretty fucked up but I see how he rationalized it. I'm only doing what you yourself has asked me to do in the future so that you will have this great future. You know, and because I do actually love you, I'm willing to sacrifice my time with you, even if it hurts you, so that you would be happy in the end. And that's some pretty mind warpy type of shit. And that comes from a deep desperation, but there's a cult around it too. For the the need to be loved, recognized, and seen as a person. He gives him a little piece of paper, opens up a briefcase, 
that's where the 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 record is gives him a detonator Hassan shows up with Bothra doing her best James Bond and she's able to sit and talk to Elias that weird fucking smile I'm Mr. Meeseeks look at me Barbara just got real mentally unstable then he takes out the gun and he says look it's your choice Hassan tells him look I know you're not who you think they're trying to say you are he even admitted it himself you guys I'm not who you think I am but they're all convinced that that this is exactly what he wants and that's when he plays him the record of him saying look I know exactly how you're feeling right now I know that you've never felt as if you've had anyone and how you're going to rebuild this new world. And he's talking himself up just as Bothrid is getting the attention of Hassan and eventually Barber who goes out very much not like a cop trying to check his corners, doors and corners and gets shot for his, his time right in front of his son who knew him for a day and he really yelled dad only to ask 20 minutes later was he really my dad well you seem to have crawled up and mourned his death as if you felt he was your father so that's weird that you would you know rethink that afterwards in that moment it seemed very significant the way you was devastated and then Hassan had to hold you because poor thing you had to choose between handing that detonator over <laughs> or being shot because <laughs> Boythward was about to do it she's about to light your ass up but he's able to give Hassan the detonator they think it's all over she's so kind to him that she gets a favor to drive him back to jail which, why is he going to jail again? <laughs> I was a little confused with that part. I think he needs to go to a fucking psychiatric hospital uh, for all the things he's been going through. Because I don't know if we've got it, like, especially at this point, that he would be responsible for killing the officer that died. That seems a stretch they'd be taking him back to jail. I think we could have got rid of that and just said let me take you to see your mother after she brings up yeah you know your father that's why I think that was the bit of of um what's the word I'm looking for uh, artificial dialogue there it didn't need to be the other for, for the plot purpose of yes your mother is alive and yeah I know where to find her they go out and go to look at the scenic view of the forest because they wanted us to see how far away they were from London. And then they go to the mother's house and Sarah's like, look, I can't do it. You should have called ahead. Oh, hi. Thanks for checking in. I'm still a piece of garbage. Hassan yelling that she can't do this to her son again. And then she closed the blinds <laughs> in her face. 
Hey, I don't think that's going to keep helping the situation. And that's when we find out there's a second detonator. That the little piece of paper that he gave him was this for the second trigger. Which is a phone number that he calls after stealing a phone off of a kid. And he says, no, I am exactly who they think they are. Because this is what pushes him over the edge. Watching his father die, rejected by his by his uh, mother and told, hey, you've got this wonderful life waiting for you. All you have to do is push this button to an already emotionally broken child. Yeah, yeah, that checks. So unfortunately, things happen as they always have. And this is how they unfolded. Seeing all this fall in Julian slash Elias's favor, it was nice to see how shit popped off <laughs> for his end. Because I don't care who you are, no one wants to get shot in their life and that be their end. We all want to just die peacefully in our beds. <laughs> um, Not not take a chest shot wheezing and not even getting to finish your sentence because that's how disrespectful that person feels about you. So yeah, we see the older version of Elias making recordings in 1941. Whiteman is taken into the police station and we didn't know why at first, right? We didn't know why because we didn't know that he would be offered that position. Now, if he had accepted, would things have turned out okay? Or do they, because the way everyone was, oh no, because he did when he walked in, he said, everybody get the fuck out. Right. Forgot about that part. And then they take him upstairs and he says, look, you're greedy. We can work with you. Things of the heart, the heart wants with the heart wants that it wasn't that little girl. Um, <laughs> he calls the 86 year old woman a bitch or something. In fact, he's like, that's my mother. Do I care that that's your mother? Not at all. And just as he thinks he's got him, the way he thinks he's got him by enticing him with the office that they stand in. He ends up going for the gun on the desk. He stupidly put there, shoots the other guy, breaks a bottle on the back of his head. Actually, he didn't shoot. He just broke a bottle on the back of the one guy's head and took the, the, the other part of it, the sharp side and stuck it into Hayden's neck. Bitch, please. Bitch, please! What are you, an usher? They just deferred the payment for their for his happiness to his next generation because they don't survive. <laughs> they die horribly. Yes, they continue on, but they continue to serve only your purpose and they don't seem to have happy lives because bro went out. I don't know. Did he die? He, he could have lived. It's possible because he left it in his neck. But I would think he would have bled out 
and died. It was 1941 after all. So he had told him, I want to see the big boss. And he's like, yeah, they said that you wanted to talk to them. So I have the house prepared. And that's how he knew that there was someone else and that that was his daddy. So he goes to the Harker residence. Oh man, River really thought he was going to try to shut that door in that man's face. Because crazy was written all over it. Ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. That's for Callaway. I love that he still was ride or die for his boss, even though his boss was going to have him hanged anyway. But he was like, shit, at least I know you doing your job. <laughs> then he goes to the, the residence, like I said. Uh, and I think I kind of went back to that part anyway. He sees Polly playing at the piano and she's like, I, you know, I let her go so gently. You know the rules and so do I. Say goodbye. Then he takes a jaunt up the stairs to find Elias, Elias, <laughs> Elias in his bed. And Elias is chuckling like, it's too late. We do not care. He didn't give a fuck about the cult, anything else that was going around. He didn't care about your second life. He said, I came to talk to you about an 11-year-old girl named Esther. Okay? That was her name. And that is what I'm going to the galleys for, because they straight hanged him. Uh, but, but, does your death seem worth the... 40 years of life that you have because it feels as if <laughs> you did not win in the way you thought you won because your son ended up with a with a bottle in his neck your life with Polly yes so you finally found what it was like to be loved after you had her father set up for murder well you gave him the choice on whether he was going to cop to the murder but at the same time you put him in that position? Mm, 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 mm. I'm surprised Polly is working with him. She must not know because she was very intent that her father was innocent. Or maybe he tells her something to that effect and he lies to her. And maybe that's the that's going to be the changing factor that Polly's going to find out. Like, oh no, you orchestrated this shit. Because he said, everything I have is because of you when he first met Alfred. Meaning you gave birth to this woman that I loved and loved me in return. But then you pay for it in the worst ways and you try to push it off on them like, oh, well, you all you had to do was make the immoral decision. Like you're pissed off at the rich people and the horrible people. It just feels like a little much. A little much to be blaming everyone else and their mama when it really comes down to what you yourself set in motion <laughs> for momentary bliss. And I don't, I really don't think it's worth it. Poor Polly died at the piano. She'd been playing her whole entire fucking life. 
her father so caught up in his own life he didn't even realize his daughter was dating because mom was like we got someone coming over and if he had for five seconds taken an interest he would have known that the person (laughs) that's screwing over his life is also trying to screw his daughter and maybe have talked and warned her about the the snake in the garden so I like that they're using the flaws of the characters and how all of the characters are kind of taken away from their oath as officers by the actions that unfold as well. This is a really good show. I do like that it is playing with the idea of a very, very familiar concept by now, but making it more about the people instead of the whole timey-wimey thing. And I think it's very nicely coming together, but it is in a couple of places feeling a little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Treading water to get to the next one. And that's why I think that a show should always be written for how many episodes it needs not for how many episodes that they may give you. Like if I can wrap it up in six episodes and it's tight, do six. But if I need or have eight and I can get it done in six, do six. But like I said, there could be things that need to happen that's very important in the next two that may change my mind about this one. Even though I still really like this one, it wasn't my strongest. So I gave it an 8.9 out of 10. Well, what do you think? What do you think is going to possibly happen? We know that Hassan isn't dead and we know that Mannix doesn't know what happens to Hassan. In his mind, he leaves her possibly alive and that is good enough for him to excuse a lot of his bad behavior. For someone who he himself holds in high esteem, high revere. And then if that does, if they are successful, what does that mean for the future that never was? Because there's a lot of people that would not exist if it isn't for the future that. And I think that's the, the true decision that Maplewood Iris had to make. The choice of my own existence or my existence where I was confined to a chair and the sacrifices. So yeah, there's a lot of good themes that are running through that make up for those moments that I feel sometimes a little disconnected um, with a few couple of scenes, not too many. Once again, if you want to send feedback, recordcouch.gmail.com. My information is listed below. Like, share, subscribe. Until the next time. Peace, hair grease, and black or magic.